This episode is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. If you're trying to get into making podcasts, but don't really have any idea what you're doing, then you should download Anchor. If you haven't already heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how it works. Anchor is completely free and easily accessible. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you could ever want or need to make a podcast in just one place. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Again, that's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to start making podcasts today. And now, back to the program. All right, so welcome everybody to the TBD podcast with Hunter and Riley. This is uh, our weekly recap of the football that was played last week. First of all, how are you doing this morning, Hunter? Man, I am fabulous. I think you already know why. Oh yeah, I do. And we'll get into that. Absolutely. I uh all my teams lost this weekend, so yeah. <laughs> I am uh Kind of on the opposite end there, but happy for you. Happy for you. So uh, I guess we can get right into it. Um, Tennessee beat Alabama. Yeah. How are you feeling, man? Oh, man. Um, I am very ecstatic about it. Like, I'm very happy. Um, it's just, I, I don't know. I Going into the game, like, you know, I actually had my hopes high for this game. Um, um Referencing back to the other podcast, I had us beating them by 10. But, um, you know, once again, um, that was a wonderful game. Like, I don't know. The atmosphere was just electric. Incredible. Incredible. They actually said that we broke a record for the decibels again. I think it was around like 120. They said we made the earth shake. I think it was well. Okay, I don't know about that. Now I did I see that. I did see the whole like the Earth shook. Well, Neelands was rocking or whatever. I'm like, okay, let's not get too carried away here. But yeah, I think it was like 124 or something, which is so freaking loud. <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, it makes sense of why. I mean, it's been 15 years since we've beaten Alabama, and you know we we beat them with a team that is as you can tell, it's still not fully complete, especially yeah. on defense. You know, um, uh, my my friend and I, we were just talking earlier, and he actually made it a great point saying that we beat Bama with Jeremy Pruitt's recruits, and we actually have. And that, that is actually ridiculous. That's true. That's true. Be- because if you look, I guess, like two years ago, um, we I think it was an all-SEC season. Yes, I think two or three years ago, and we went like I don't know, like three and seven. So that is a humongous jump for the program, and and I believe that it was a program defining win for us. Absolutely, I think uh, if anything, this proves Tennessee is a legit contender, not just for the SEC, not just for you know uh, the SEC East and stuff like that, but for the whole thing, the whole national championship. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but what were your thoughts like in the first quarter? You know, we were up 28, 10. Everything seems to be going our way. Well, here's the thing. I was texting you this. I remember being like, uh, Tennessee's going to go into a shell, I think. Or, okay, there's 
no way that Alabama was going to let this slide and they're just going to get blown out. Right. So I thought from the start, I was like, Alabama's going to get back into this. And by halftime, it was 28 20, I think. And I was like, all right, Tennessee better, you know, figure it out <laughs> offensively, man. They got to. They had to pick up the pace, and they did. They did. Um, they did it enough to to get the win. But I don't know, man. Bama is so resilient. I never thought they were out of the game, and they and they weren't. And uh, you know, props to I want to say props to Bryce Young first of all, because at the beginning of the game, they were like talking about his shoulder and everything, and by the end, nobody was saying anything about it, man. There was nothing about his shoulder, so. Yeah, props to Bryce Young for really proving everybody wrong, all the doubters, all the haters. And I have a note here that says that Bryce Young is still like a top three quarterback, even from all the hype with Hendon Hooker, from like me specifically, I give all the hype to Hendon Hooker, and deservedly so, but you can't forget about Bryce Young, man. He's probably going to be the first quarterback to go in the draft next year, and it makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes the most the most sense. Um, you know, there are a lot of people saying that Will Levis is going to be a top pick in the draft. I'm just bro, like, get out of here with that Will Levis garbage, man. Thank you. Thank you. I just never understood it. I'm like, here's the thing. He gets the job done, but he is so overrated. It, it is ridiculous. And the thing is, like, even after the performance against um Bama, that Hennon had, they're still saying that Will Levis is better. I'm just like, man, get that garbage out of here. No disrespect yeah, I, to him. No, no disrespect to Will Levis. I think he's a totally serviceable QB, and I think that he looks like an NFL quarterback. Like he, what is he, six four, six five? He, you know, throws the ball really well. But I don't know, man. I think he's not met his potential, and I think that's why all the NFL scouts are like looking at him because of his potential because he looks like the prototype NFL quarterback. Now, him going number 1 is ridiculous because this quarterback draft is so stacked. And I can't mm. believe Hendon Hooker isn't even being mentioned as a first round. I can't believe Anthony Richardson is still getting more hype from NFL scouts like Mel Kiper than Hendon Hooker is. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I I just I don't know. Like once again, just as you said, maybe they're looking at the future, at the potential. Maybe they're thinking that Hendon Hooker has reached his peak. And I mean, even if this is his peak, this is a wonderful peak. I mean, once again, he went into beat Bama. He outplayed Bryce Young. Once again, reminder that he won Heisman last year. The year before that, he was Heisman runner up. So it's like if you can outplay a, a freakish athlete like that, it's got to be saying something about your game. And so I believe, just as you said, Hendon Hooker deserves to have more attention. And, you know, Josh Heupel, he said um, that there, there's no worries. He said as long as Hendon Hooker continues to get the job done and continues to win games, he will most definitely get the attention. Sure enough, if he reaches the SEC championship, he will get a lot of attention, and especially if he performs well in that. But, you know, that is far-fetched for now. Well, not far-fetched, but that's that's a – Ahead. Not super far fetched anymore, but it is it is looking ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I would say Hendon Hooker will get the recognition he deserves at some point. He should already be getting it, but um, you know, I don't want to say that like Alabama QBs have it easy, but they have the best athletes for wide receivers to throw to 
and the best O-line and the best running backs and everything. So that's why you see so many Alabama quarterbacks. Now, this isn't true about all of them, but that's why you see so many like sputter out when they get to the NFL because they've never played with like not as good like like uh, the talent level is is even. And for them, they always just dominated their whole career. So I'm not saying Bryce Young is going to be like that. And obviously you see examples like Mac Jones is doing well and Jalen Hurts, obviously. Jalen Hurts is obviously uh, an exception to that rule. But Hendon Hooker is is making right the wide receivers like Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt look like stars and even better than they are because of his talent because he's putting the ball like exactly where it needs to go. I mean, you see that ball... Um, it was that one touchdown that he had where he just dropped it in the in the in the bread basket to Jalen Hyatt. It was such a beautiful pass. I don't think beautiful I've seen a, a yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I've seen a quarterback throw that well with that touch since I don't want to say Kyle Trask because uh, that's who I always go back to. But <laughs> he's, if anything, could just throw with touch. And Hooker has got that down for sure. Yes, most definitely. And, and man, and credit to Josh Heupel and company, man, because, you know, they're they have always been known to be, you know, the quarterback gurus and stuff like that. But like, here's the thing. Hendon has always had the potential, but he just needed the the necessary quarterback coach or just a person that was like a quarterback in his past, which was Josh Heupel. He needed uh, that type of person in his corner to fully develop him. Because once again, if we go back to his career at Virginia Tech, he was putting up pretty great numbers, but like it's nowhere near as good as now. And honestly, I- I'm being honest. Um, you know, when he first transferred over to Tennessee and I looked at his highlights, I'm just like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty decent. Now, did I believe that he will win this win the starting job? Absolutely not. But he has shocked me. I'm sure he shocked everybody. And I'm sure after Alabama game, he is getting a hell of a lot more attention than he has in the past. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But once again, credit to Bryce Young, man. The, our Here's the thing. Our defensive line was getting to him, but this man was an, an escape artist. You know, it reminded me of Joe Burrow, the 2019 yes. year, yep. where they he just he just literally creates magic and still gets the ball downfield when he's like 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, scrambling for his life, then he just puts the ball on the money. And, you know, as a Tennessee fan, I was screaming at the top of my lungs, like, get him, please, no. But, um, you know, once again, like, if you look at it from a even standpoint, you just got to give all the credit to Bryce Young. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, sorry. There's there's a couple of times where he was running around, like running in circles. I mean, he looked like Patrick Mahomes out there, where he's just dodging people. And I don't think he's a natural runner per se. Like he's not like a Hendon Hooker, or I I can't think of anybody else in the well, Malik Cunningham, or mm-hmm. a Lamar Jackson, someone who just wants to run the ball. But I mean, he can get out of the pocket and he can make people miss. Like you see that one play where he knows exactly where he's throwing, but he just has to get the the D lineman off of him. So he just does a little stutter step and then he just darts it right over to, I don't remember who the receiver, Jermaine Burton, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's he's crazy. And I also want to give a shout out to Jameer Gibbs. That man 
is a bad man. And I, I, I heard this comparison from Gary Danielson, and I totally agree that Jameer Gibbs looks like the next Alvin Kamara with just the way that he is so elusive and the steps that he makes. Like, the amount of times that he would make somebody miss, like, is crazy. He's got some agility that I haven't seen from a running back in a long time. So shout out to that guy because he kept it close for Ben. Yes, I agree. And I would hate to say that he was their whole offense, but I don't know. He was, once again, he the ball was always in his hand and he was always creating plays for the Alabama offense. And just like you said, a lot of credit to him. You know, it was kind of bittersweet watching him because, you know, of course, he was on the opposite team. I wanted us to at least stop him, but like, you know, at the same time, like I really, I really like watching him play because I was thinking, hum, Tennessee really could have had him. So, you know, I I found myself, you know, just reminiscing on what if he would have come to Tennessee. Our offense would be a, just a lot more lethal. Oh yeah. I, absolutely. And I think what would his career would have looked like if he didn't go to freaking Georgia Tech for the first two years of his career? <laughs> Like, I remember when he committed to Georgia Tech and I was like shaking my head like, Georgia Tech? What the heck? What are they giving you to get to to have to go to that place? And, you know, s- sure enough, he eventually transferred and now he's he's getting the uh, recognition that he deserves. And he'll probably go first or second round in the draft next year also. Like, he's a monster. So, yeah, shout out to that guy. He had the ball 50% of the time for Alabama. Not saying that Alabama doesn't have playmakers, because they do, all over the field. But Jameer Gibbs was it was the majority of, of their offense. Um, and now I want to get to uh, the controversial pass interference uh, call for Ja'Cory Brooks. That we were texting about, I remember. You were like, well, what do you think about this? Initially, mm-hmm. I thought, and you know which one I'm talking about. Initially, I thought, that's pass interference. He drags him down or whatever. And then you look at it again and again, and you think, wow, Ja'Cory Brooks made that look really good. <laughs> he did a really yeah. good job. And now I'm not saying that it wasn't pass interference, but I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Here is the thing, you know, right after I texted you, you know, I've, I've of course looked at the, um, the, the play again, very closely. I'm just like, you know, you told me that it, it looks like he was interfered with and, you know, I agree he was interfered with, but at the same time, he really sold that because he like, once again, I'm sure you've seen that he did in fact, actually throw down our, um, defensive back. So, uh, but at the same time, he was interfered with. So it was just like that could have easily gone both ways. Yeah, honestly. it could have like, gone either way. For it sure. could have gone either way. Like it, he, they if, even if they would have called offense, offensive pass interference, it could have been like, yeah, okay. So it's just like once again, credit to um, him for really selling that. But you know, as a Tennessee fan, I hated that so much. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I'll give it to him because um, there was a play, I think on one of the final drives where Alabama's defensive back did a pass interference against our tight end. And that really helped us a lot on that drive. I don't know if you remember, but you know, our quarterback yeah. threw it like towards the end zone, it went through the hands and then it was uh, supposedly an interception. 
but it, it, it eventually got called back um, for a pass interference. You know, a lot of Alabama fans were very mad at that, but it's just like, I mean, if you look at it, the guy is basically tackling him midair before the ball gets to him. His arm is wrapped around him. It, you can tell that he's sort of pulling him down. He was definitely interfered with. So, you know, there, there were two calls that um, that could have going, gone either way, but it's just like, that's just a game. And, you know, there were a lot of Alabama fans after the game saying that um, the refs helped Tennessee win. Um, but what do you think about that? Okay, honestly, I don't like to blame the refs for any, like, whatever, any finish of any game. I feel like over the years, they've gotten a lot better at not, uh, like, changing the tide of the game. Um, I think that one play specifically was obviously pass interference. Uh, it would have put the game away, I think, or it would have been, like, close to it. Uh, but, you know, I think the refs did a pretty good job of, like, going both ways. Now, I will say that I think... To an extent, Tennessee was getting a lot of calls in their favor in terms of like the false starts and the like no call was missed against uh, against Alabama. What do they have? 17 penalties or something like that, which is crazy. For like 130 yards, I think. Right. That's insane. I think that's the most of any Saban team ever. And you can chalk that up to the atmosphere, but I think you also chalk that up to man. Those refs didn't miss a single call for Bama. <laughs> so I see, I understand their their plight, their um, their uh, frustration with the calls. But I mean, all of them were good calls, in my opinion, except maybe the Ja'Cory Brooks one. And there might have been one or two that in Tennessee's favor that I don't agree with that I can't remember right now. But mm-hmm. I think the game was called pretty, pretty, pretty down the middle, I think. Yes. I think you can chalk that up to the atmosphere. And... Alabama not really, you know, being able to adapt to, to to the loud, just the the noise of Neyland Stadium. Like it's insane how loud that place can get from experience. And I want to say before we move on from this, because we're spending a lot of time on this game, yeah, but yeah, deservedly, yeah, yeah. deserved, deservedly so. Um, the Tennessee defense, props to them, right? They held, even though they give up forty nine points, right? <laughs> They, look, Alabama needed to catch up. They needed to to keep up with y'all. So Tennessee's defense, even though they gave up 49, I think for the majority of the game looked really good. They were constantly finding pre- ways to pressure Bryce Young and, and make him uncomfortable. They hit him a lot, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I can't imagine he woke up feeling feeling very good um, <laughs> after, after that game. Some of the hits he was taking were crazy. Um so and locking up the dbs like that and part of that is because the defensive line created that pressure but shout out to to everybody on that on that defense because y'all stepped up and you i I would say saved the game for for Mm -hmm. tennessee to be honest You, you made the stops when you need to and you got it done so props to those those defensive players for sure yes and yes to wrap and to wrap this up man um because just as you said, we are spending a lot of time on this. I do want mm-hmm. to give credit to Alabama's offensive coordinator because th- this is what I noticed. So once again, first quarter, everything is going our way. We are stopping their offense. Um, they cannot move the down, but I said move. The, sorry, they cannot drive the ball down the field. But then I noticed that um, he made an adjustment 
in the second quarter, but specifically in the second half. But he started doing nothing but screens, short passes, getting the ball out of Bryce Young's hands because, as you can tell, um, I guess their initial plan to kind of like throw the ball downfield was not working for them. So they made that quick adjustment, and then that's where that's when their offense started getting eroding. Like right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Bill O'Brien is their offensive coordinator, and he, he, yeah, props to him. He made some really great adjustments, big time. Yes, but overall, great on both ends. Um, our rushing had 100, 182 yards of rushing for Alabama. It was 114. We Our receiving yards was 385. For them, it was 455. So, you Insane. know, that was a... Um, that was textbook shootout. That was a textbook shootout game. So props for both teams. I am glad that Tennessee uh, came out on top. And I hope that we can keep this momentum rolling and possibly get to an SEC championship. Big time. And, you know, shout out to Jalen Hyatt. Five touchdowns, 200 whatever yards. Freaking ridiculous. So One to six big time. catches. Insane. Insane. Oh, and then I also wanted to mention, what do you think about the goalpost? Uh, the whole debacle. <laughs> I want to hear your opinion about that. I'll tell you now. If I was there, I'll be one of the guys um, carrying the goalposts out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, our um, I, I don't know the guy that's I guess in charge of the field. Already, he already knew that that was going to happen. Well, he he was he actually planned ahead for that. Like he already had two um, field goal extra field goal posts made uh, specifically for this occasion. So, like you know. Um, Here's the thing. I, I know we were fined a hundred thousand dollars for um storming the field, take carrying the goalposts away, but come on, Tennessee fans, we deserve this win. And it's, it's so I'm I'm all for it. You know, even look, if if the roles were reversed and Tennessee beat Alabama 15 years in a row and Alabama finally finally beat us, I wouldn't be mad at them storming the field and carrying away the goalposts. Well, if it, if it was their home turf. So, you know, I'm all for it. It, it was a wonderful atmosphere, and that was a, a a crazy thing to do, actually. Oh yeah, I've never I've heard of tearing the goalpost down because I've seen that and storming the field and everything, but like throwing it in the river. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, bro. That y'all must have been partying so much. I can't imagine how it was in Knoxville on Saturday night. Like that must have been crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Big time win for the Vols, and we'll see if they can keep it up uh, through the rest of the season. And now your playoff scenario is is still in the game, right? Mm -hmm. so, from last week. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh, and then the next biggest game that we had, at least in our opinions, was the USC-Utah game. What... I didn't get to watch this game a ton. Now, I did watch the highlights. Um, the reason I didn't watch it was because... Uh, I had FSU on one screen, and then I had Florida on the other, because uh, I support both teams, which is a whole thing. But uh, you watched the majority of this game, so I want to hear your th initial thoughts on the upset for Utah over USC. My initial thoughts are that Utah played a hell of a game. I might bleed that out later in the edits, but... Um, yeah, they had a hell of a game because here's the thing. Once again, um, same case scenario with Alabama and Tennessee. It was a shootout. Both offenses were scoring. But, you know, I, I looked and noticed that USC on the 
had a chance on the final drive to, you know, drive the ball down the field and possibly win the game with a field goal. But, you know, it, there were a lot of things that, that were in play. Um, number one, there really wasn't, I guess, enough time on the clock for them. And then I guess their USC's offense couldn't really get the, the ball rolling too much in order to get their field goal kicker in a position to win a game. So once again, credit to Utah's defense. And they're especially their offense because to to go toe and toe with USC, who's you know their their um quarterback is one of the Heisman candidates. You know that that is a a heck of a a game for Utah. Absolutely, I I would say watching the highlights of this, I noticed there was not a lot of defense going on, but <laughs> but when the defense needed to happen for Utah. Clark Phillips and those and those that DB core of Utah came up big. Um, I will say they only had a minute or so left after Utah scored the two point conversion at the end there. Mm-hmm. So you can't give it all to Utah's defense. You had to, you know, they had, but but Caleb Williams was throwing bombs all game, mm-hmm. and he was definitely capable of that. So the fact that Utah was able to make the stop and didn't get them into field goal range was huge. So, you know, they came up big when they needed to, even though there wasn't a lot of defense throughout the rest of the game. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's to be expected when your wide receiver core includes Mario Williams and Jordan Addison. It's freaking crazy. I look at the wide receivers for USC and I'm just like, it's unfair. It's like Alabama 2.0 Absolutely. Uh, with them. It's crazy. And then you throw Caleb Williams on top of it. It's like, how are you going to plan for that? How are you going to stop them? So, yeah, Utah got the stops when they needed to. And that's all that matters. Yes. So, so where does USC go from here? Honestly, I think they probably went out, right? Uh, and then I don't remember if they're in the same division. Or actually, there are no divisions in the Pac-12, are there? It's just one. I think it's one whole thing. One whole thing. So it's two best teams play in the championship, and that'll probably be USC and either UCLA or or Utah. So it might not even matter. They might still make it into the playoff. You never know. It just depends on how the rest of the 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 year goes. There's only what three more. Unde- There's only three undefeated teams. Oh, actually, that's not true. There's only four undefeated teams that are in playoff contention right now. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I I think USC, you know, probably went out. Um, I, I, they could lose to USC, UCLA, but they don't play anybody else that good for the rest of the year. I don't think so. I I think it's smooth sailing for them for mm-hmm. a while. I agree. And gonna, yeah, and they're going to be on a revenge tour after after losing to Utah and getting their their playoff hopes spoiled by a two point conversion. Yes. Yes, you can really tell that it got to the um, quarterback, Caleb Williams, man. He was crying after the game. So Yeah, he was distraught. It was bad. Yes. So, once again, just like you said, I believe that they still have a chance. Of course, they are at the mercy of other teams. But, once again, if they win out and win their division, then I believe that they – they will be in pretty good standing to possibly get into the playoffs. We will see. I'm saying this is because I want my curveball that I've thrown you the last podcast to come into <laughs> fruition. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to keep that dream alive. I'll also say last thing, Cam Rising, shout out to him and shout out to to uh, 
what's his first name? Kincaid, the the tight end for Utah. I don't remember his Dalton Kincaid, I think. After yes. losing their best tight end in Keithy, who just killed the Gators in that game. I think he he was out for a, a season ending leg injury or something. Uh Dalton Kincaid has come in and just dominated at the tight end position. He's probably one of the best, if not the best tight end in college football, and is gonna go really early in next year's draft. So shout out to that guy, because he is their number one target for a reason. And Cam Rising, as much of the carrying that he does for that team, he would not have the opportunities if he didn't have Kincaid on that team putting them on his back. Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. So we'll see what, where they go from here. We'll see. We'll see. But all right. So FSU Clemson game. Oh, no. What are your thoughts on that? Mr. Rowley. All right, man. All right. So I told you that all my teams lost this weekend. So that includes the Seminoles, right? So I watched this game and man, it's so depressing because we looked so good out the gate, man. We were running all over him. Travis was throwing darts all across the field. Our defense was holding them like, okay, the first two drives, they didn't hold them. But Afterwards, they sort of settled in. They were sort of holding that Clemson offense to, you know, we we were we were keeping it close for sure. But the 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 main turning point for me with that FSU game was the turnover in the end of the second quarter at the end of the first half, where Travis fumbles it. The the Clemson gets the ball back. They score a touchdown with less than a minute left. Right. And it's a whole 10 point flip, right? It, it goes from 14 to 14 to 24 to 14, and they get the ball back in the second half. So that really opened up the game for them. And then they basically didn't score the rest of the game, but we were down so much that it didn't matter. So I want to give props, I guess, to Clemson. Right. <laughs> they, they put it on us, they put on the pressure after. You know, feeling the pressure in hostile enemy territory, and they stuck with it. And DJ Uyunglele, I think I said his name right. DJ Uyunglele. <laughs> That's has, close enough. Uh, right. That's how I hear Kirk Herbstreet say it. So he is way better than people give him credit for. And Cade Klubnik is going to have to stay on the bench for a while longer because DJ was, you know, uh, so improved from where he started in the year. So yeah, I guess that's that's my initial thoughts on the game is you give Clemson credit and I give FSU credit for for continuing to fight. They could have gave up uh, or given up and they didn't. And they didn't come out with the win because it was just too little too late when their offense started rolling uh in late in the fourth quarter. But yeah, I think we have a lot to build on from this. So, I don't know. What did you think while you were watching the game? Well, you know, of course, I didn't really get to watch this game too much, but you know, I'm looking at the stat sheet here, and just as you said, I believe that 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 one fumble, that one turnover, really changed the game because Florida State actually outplayed Clemson. You know, I'm looking at um at at your quarterback for FSU. He is 24 for 42, 254 yards and two touchdowns. 
And then, of course, Clemson quarterback is 15 for 23, 203 yards and three touchdowns. So, of course, he, he FSU's quarterback has outplayed him, of course. And then you look at the first downs. Clemson has 18. Florida State has 28. They were outplayed on that. Total yards, Florida State has 460. Clemson has 370. Rushing yards, Florida State has 206. Clemson has 167. Penalties, um, you know, they, they were penalized. Clemson um, eight times for 72 yards. Florida State three times for 17 yards. And so from what I'm looking at, once again, the – the determining factor for Clemson's win was that one turnover. They were outplayed. They were outplayed. And, you know, I honestly don't believe that they are the, um, the, I think they're the number four team in the country right now or four or five. I, I don't I'm believe the that they are. Yeah. Yes. I, I do not believe that. I believe that Florida state outplayed them. And if they could have that one turnover back, I believe that Florida state comes out on top. Yeah, I agree. We had all the momentum. We were running all over them, which is crazy because everybody, the one thing that everybody says is Clemson's defense is the best in the country. And they are. They're really good, especially their defensive line. And if you look at their recruiting class for this year, they're just going to get better. But Mm -hmm. we were running all over them, and Travis was having so much success, uh, so much success in the air as well as on the ground. So there's no reason why we shouldn't have won that game. We just had a bad bounce in that turnover, and we could never get back into the game. Now, I will also say that we could have gotten back into the game because our defense stuck around and, and, and really gave us a shot in the third and fourth quarter, but our offense couldn't get anything going until it was like way too late. I think it was 34-14 to 14 until the start of the fourth quarter, and... By that time, we were coming back. We were like throwing the ball down the field, running it very effectively. But man, it was just too late. And I, I think it was 34 uh, 28 with like two minutes left, and it was just not enough time. So mm-hmm. we probably would have won that game. If it was a quarter longer, we probably would have won. So shout out to the boys for, for sticking around. Um, in the game when they could have given up and they, they played their hearts out and it goes to show you that FSU, everybody laughs at FSU because, Oh, they're four and three and they lost the way they lost to NC state and everything, but they're going to be really good next year. And uh, I don't think their season is over to be honest. I think they could probably win out uh, who do they have to play Florida, Miami still. So I don't know. I think that was the really tough part of their schedule. And even though they came out with three losses, FSU is going to be really good. And Mike Norvell is not going anywhere. So take that from an FSU fan. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree with you. So we will see where Florida State goes after this game. I believe that they will be on the incline after this game. They competed with the, the fourth team in the country, fourth ranked team in the country. So you know, I believe that they can compete with anybody else. They just, of course, have to eliminate the mistakes and they will be in great position, possibly for the rest of the year and most definitely for next year. Right, for sure. And hopefully Travis sticks around. Like maybe he'll go to the NFL after this performance this year because I think he's a top 10 QB in college football. But man, I I, I don't know if he's a senior. I, I think he's a redshirt junior. So hopefully he sticks it out with us again next year and then maybe we can win an ACC championship. Who knows? But now we go to my other team. Unless you have something else to say about FSU and Clemson, then we'll bring it over to 
Florida LSU, which is the other reason why I'm depressed this weekend, <laughs> is because I, I grew up a Florida fan, but I go to FSU. So I support both teams. Now, if you are a fan of either team, you're probably like, what the heck is wrong with you? How can you support, you know, which either one? How can you support the Knowles? How can you support the Gators? You know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really care. Okay. I go to Florida State. So I'm going to support the Knowles, but I've been a Gator fan. So I'm not going to just abandon them. Oh, so, yes, most definitely. Right. So my Knowles lost and the Gators lost this weekend. And, you know, I said this last week. I said, if it's all about Anthony Richardson, but I lied. <laughs> it's not about <laughs> Anthony Richardson because he had a fine game. I think he could have made a couple throws you know look a little better but he i don't think he threw any interceptions and he played a fine game and he had that huge 81 yard run touchdown that was it was huge it got back got us back into the game but what i should have said last week was it all depends on our defense because we had none last week <laughs> okay against lsu we made jaden daniels look like freaking lamar jackson out there he was running all over us throwing darts it was embarrassing, and I don't know if it's because of the lack of recruiting that the players that we had um, are just not up to par and can't get with the scheme, the defensive scheme, but something's got to change out there, man, and maybe we just need to wait until next year because, like I said, it's a rebuilding year for us with uh, Billy Napier and company, but I don't know, man. That was That was hard to watch defensively, big time, so that's my... I like that's the only thing I can think of coming out of this game is our defense needs to step up, man. Now, I don't know if you watched the game, but it it was hard to watch, uh, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, just sad. And honestly, I only have one specific thing to talk about with the Florida game was that there was a roughing the penalty, uh, roughing the passer penalty at the end. And I guess you probably didn't see this because you were looking at the highlights, but it was roughing the passer against Florida, mm-hmm. which which called back a crucial interception. It was forty two thirty five, and LSU was going down the field to like ice the game basically, mm-hmm. and they called roughing the passer on Jervon Dexter because he like, if you look at the penalty, yes he's late, yes he puts his body on the quarterback or whatever, but man, NFL and and college got to figure out roughing the passer. Because it's ridiculous. The inconsistency, and I know we've heard this so much from all the NFL analysts who just talk about roughing the passer and just talk about that Tom Brady play a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but roughing the passer has got to get sorted out, man. It's really bad. So I don't want to say that that that, that was the game, because it wasn't, technically. There's so many things we could have done better throughout the game, and I never like to blame the refs for the, the loss. But that definitely changed the trajectory of the game because they then went down, took that roughing the passer, and kicked a field goal. And then even if we scored a touchdown, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So Mm -hmm. it is what it is. Props to LSU for being better, I guess. Whatever. (laughs) whatever. They, they They were better. They were just better that particular day. Right, I think they're they're pretty similar as teams. They're both in rebuilding. I think we were left in a better state. I think LSU is going to take longer to rebuild, but they were the better team this weekend. And as a Florida fan, man, 
whatever it is, LSU, there's always just something that goes wrong that you have to overcome. And we were just not able to overcome it this week. So fair enough to LSU, but you know, it hurts. It still hurts. Yeah. I guess we can make some predictions for next week. If oh, yes. you want to do that. Yes. I, I see a lot of top 25 matchups. So this will be a wonderful weekend for college football, I believe. I think there's two or three really good games this weekend. I think last week we got spoiled with how many good games <laughs> there were. I think there were, yes. a, and we didn't even talk about it, a few more that were just so under the radar good last mm-hmm. week. But I guess we can go with, I mean, Syracuse and Clemson. We'll start out with that. Who do you think? Clemson is 13 and a half point favorites at home. They're both undefeated. What do you, what do you, who do you have winning this game? You know, we've talked about Clemson's defense this whole time. And I believe that, of course, they will, of course, get the win for this team. I mean, once again, I don't believe that Clemson's offense is as good, but once again, their defense has really come through for them. So, you know, it's Syracuse. Syracuse. So I believe that Clemson will pull out um, with this game. I believe that they will cover the 13 points. Okay. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Syracuse is a really nice story, right? Um, and Sean Tucker is one of the best running backs in the in all of college football. But like Pat McAfee said, it's just an excuse to to talk about Syracuse as a football team. But, <laughs> but they are not uh, really there, and I think they'll show that this weekend against Clemson. Um, all right, you want to go for one next or – you want me to keep keep going for because there's a couple of games that I have on here, but oh, go ahead, keep going. Okay, uh, Ole Miss LSU LSU is one and a half point favorites this weekend to beat number seven L- uh, Ole wow. Miss. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? Mm, I believe that this would be a true test for um, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, and because you know, once again. Um, LSU is coming off a, a a pretty good game against you guys. Whatever, not to like throw you up on that bus or anything. No, they did. They had a great game. They had a great game. They had sure. they had a great game. But you know, like we said, I believe that they are still in a state of trying to figure things out and rebuild. And you know, Ole Miss seems like they're pretty comfortable, even though that they, I mean, they 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 dominated for the most part. I mean, technically, they are the number one team in the West SEC West right now, which is actually crazy. That's nuts. But, um, you know, once again, I believe that Lane Kiffin and company will pull through and win this game. Okay. Yeah, I think they had a really tough week against – well, no, actually, uh, they beat Auburn pretty comfortably. The score made it look like it was really close. But I think – I agree. I think Jackson Dart and Zach Evans and company, that, that high-flying Ole Miss offense, will really uh, shine in this game. Now – LSU's defense is uh, surprisingly sneakily good, so we'll have to see if there's an upset there, but I'm also going to go with Ole Miss to win this one. Now, we've got a big Pac-12 matchup this week. Uh, number 9, UCLA, taking on number 10, Oregon. Oregon's six-point favorites. They haven't lost, haven't looked bad since they played Georgia at the beginning of the year. Who do you have winning this one? Oh, man. Oh, man. That is that's actually I believe is going to be a great game. UCLA oh, yeah. has surprisingly become a 
a team to look at this year, I believe. Um, you know, I, at first I didn't really, really believe that they were a good team, but once again, they've been getting the job done, winning the games and showing that they are dominant. So I believe that you as I'm sorry, UCLA will pull out and win this game. It will be a very close one. I believe it might end up being a shootout, but I believe that UCLA will come up on top and Oregon will have to suffer a loss. Wow. Okay. Oh, I, I would agree with you. I think this will be one of the best games of the weekend. I'm going to give the edge to Oregon here, not because I think they're the better team, but at home and they're rolling and Bo Nix has looked really, really good since that Georgia game. So I think Oregon probably rolls this one, even with uh, the emergence of Dorian Thompson Robinson, the Heisman contender question mark for UCLA, uh, their quarterback. I mean, he's thrown 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. So I don't know. I, I think Oregon will cover. Not, I don't know if we're talking about covering or not. But, <laughs> but yeah, we, we could talk about covering. I love that. So I think Oregon will cover the six-point spread against UCLA this weekend. I think they win by seven or ten. Interesting. We yeah. will see. That will be a great game. That will mm -hmm. be a great game. Right. Then we've got the Big 12 matchup of the week against uh, number 20, Texas, who struggled against Iowa State last week, and number 11, Oklahoma State, recently on, off their first loss to TCU. So who do you have in this one? Oh, oh now this is a hard one. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're looking like Texas hasn't hasn't really been too dominant, but once again, they've gotten their starting QB back. So I don't know. It, it looks like they opened up. Texas opened up as a 3.5 favorite against Oklahoma State. Oh man. Oh, I really don't know what to say about this one. If yeah, anything, it's a tough one. I will go with Texas. Okay, wow. And I believe that they will cover as well. Okay, so you have three and a half, because I have here on ESPN that Texas is favored by six. Oh, well, this well, this was 19 hours ago, so it might oh, have okay, been okay. Uh, since then. Well, people are putting their money on Texas then, if that's the case, because that's crazy how it jumped from three and a half to six that quickly. I follow Texas a lot, mostly because of my stepmom. She's a big Texas fan, mm -hmm. uh, has a lot of family out there. And so I kind of take Texas as my second or third team. So I follow them a lot. I think with the reemergence of Quinn Ewers against Oklahoma, they will edge this one out. And Bijan Robinson, they've got a really, really loaded offense. And if they can take advantage of that, I think Texas rolls in this one. I think they cover also, to be honest. Three and a half or six, doesn't matter. Um <laughs> And then we've got Mississippi State versus Alabama. Alabama off their loss to Tennessee last week. Uh, they're 21-point favorites in Tuscaloosa, which is kind of nuts to me. That's ridiculous. So who do you have winning this one? You know, here's the thing. After I think didn't Mississippi State play Kentucky this previous weekend? Yeah, they lost to Kentucky 27-17, to I believe, last week. Yes, yes. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, before that game, I believe that Mississippi State had a great chance 
at upsetting Alabama, but after the game against Kentucky, I don't believe that they'll get the job done. Um, and once again, Alabama will be absolutely on a revenge tour after their loss to Tennessee. I already know it. I know Nick Saban is mad about it. You already know Bryce Young is mad about it. Um, the whole team is very disappointed about this um, loss. So I believe that they will hang 21-plus on Mississippi State. <laughs> and you think they're going to cover? Yes, I believe they'll cover that. I oh, really believe wow. that. I, and that's a shock because a lot of people have – um, well, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but a lot of people I've talked to had Mississippi State upsetting Alabama, but I don't believe they'll do that. Okay. Well, I agree with you about the whole uh, before Kentucky. I was like, oh, Mississippi State it could beat Alabama. But after losing to Tennessee, I don't think Alabama's going to lose the rest of the year. Yes. And Mississippi State looks so bad against Kentucky. I think there's no way. I don't think they cover. I don't think Alabama covers 21. I think that's a little ambitious. <laughs> I think they maybe beat them by 17, maybe. So, yes, I also have Alabama winning that game against Mississippi State. And finally, 8 o'clock p.m., we've got a, a, a battle between Kansas State and TCU. Undefeated TCU. Uh, who do you have winning this one, Hunter? What is this? The Battle of the Purples, huh? Battle of Purple, yeah. <laughs> Man, oh, oh, this is another hard one. You know, once again, TCU, they got the job done against Oklahoma State. Or what? it was Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, OK State last week. Yep, they got the job done against them. You know, Kansas State has re really looked nice. Oh, man. Oh, this is hard. This is hard. This is hard. Woo, man. I am going. OK, what is this? What is the uh, spread? Oh crud! I just went back from it. One second, one second, one second, one second. Uh, the spread on this game is three and a half for TCU. Mm. Mm. Yep. Okay, I will. <laughs> I will go with TCU. Um, I believe that they will cover. Okay, I think TCU also wins this game. I'm going to go with Max Duggan and the TCU Horned Frogs. I can't believe that's their <laughs> that's their mascot. Uh the Horn Frogs. I don't think they cover though. I think it'll be really close. I think it'll be like a one two point game in the end. Really? But TCU, yeah. I think TCU has a habit of uh keeping all their games close <laughs> for no good reason. So I think TCU will will win close. Closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso always says. Mm -hmm. Um and those are all the games that I have picked out for like really good top 25 matchups. Obviously, Tennessee, who do they play? It's Tennessee Martin. <laughs> okay, right. So we're not going to pick that game because I'm obviously going with Tennessee Martin to win that game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, obviously the balls are going to roll in that one. Uh, they might look a little down, but they're definitely going to win by 30 plus. Um, and then Florida and FSU both on buys this week. So that'll make my college football experience this week that much more uneventful and depressing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think we move on to NFL here to wrap up, wrap up in the end, unless you have another game you want to talk about. Um, I, you know what? I believe that, um, that um, Florida will beat Florida State in a bye week. I just want to get that. Out. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. That's a pretty uh that's a pretty crazy pick. <laughs> <laughs> the, two, the battle of the bye weeks. 
Battle of the buys. Yeah, who has a better bye week? It's <laughs> so funny. But yeah, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll move, on. <laughs> move on to the NFL. Uh, obviously, when we're uh, recording this, the Monday night game hasn't happened, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about next week, so week seven. So we're going to start with a Thursday night game. Oh, this is a banger. From the last couple of Thursday night games, you know it's going to be good. Saints-Cardinals. Oh my gosh. Who's going to win? <laughs> That's so crazy. Arizona is favored by one and a half right now. Who's going to take home the W on Amazon Prime Video? <laughs> you know, I, I believe that all the NFL fans are going to hate me for saying this, but I really don't watch NFL too much. I will get back into watching it. I'm the, I am, people will call me a bandwagon. Like, I only watched NFL once playoffs and Super Bowl rolls around, but you know, sure. I'm, it's just I'm it's just not absurd where I just don't pay attention. So ah uh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I can give you both of their Saints. records if you want. Uh it's okay. I have to go with Saints. The only reason why is because Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Kamara, the man, the myth, the legend. He is a legend. Okay, well I do follow the NFL very closely. And Jameis Winston has been questionable for the last like four or five games because I have him in fantasy. So it's either Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. So I'm going to say that Andy Dalton probably has to take the game again this week, but I'm going to have to go with the Cardinals because the Cardinals, despite looking really, really bad last week, I think they're better than the Saints. So we'll, so we'll, go, we'll go with that. Low scoring game because you know how Thursday night games go. Or maybe you don't because you don't follow it. But uh, <laughs> we'll go to the Sunday games. Bucks, Panthers. Bucks are favored by 10 and a half. Do the Bucks win and do they cover? I'm giving you no other context, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? I think it's just funny to see you just guess straight up based on what you think the NFL teams are. It would actually be crazy if, like, I'm 100% correct on all of these picks. I know. NFL. And I get like I all of them wrong. wrong. You get all of them wrong. Oh man, you know I'm going. Back. I still have some um, football knowledge. Um, Absolutely. You know Tom Brady and, and um, Bucks have struggled from what I've heard. Oh, um, yes, they have. So you do have some outside contracts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, if if I'm correct, um, Baker Mayfield is is the starting quarterback for the Panthers, right? Baker Mayfield was the starter at the beginning of the year, but he's hurt. So it's actually PJ Walker from uh, um, the other league. What do you, what, what's the name of the freaking uh, the the other football league that he came out of the the USFL? I think uh, it's it's the uh, I call it the the G League of football. The G League of football. Yes, he's starting for the Panthers. He started last week against the Rams. So did they win that game? No. Okay. I have to go no. with the Bucks, then. <laughs> right. I'll just I'll just give you this real quick. The Panthers are probably the worst team in football right now, so that's probably a safe pick. Do they cover? Oh yeah, you said ten, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah, it'll probably be more by Sunday. So mm. yeah, look, I'm a Bucks fan. So we lost last week to the Steelers, and the Steelers are terrible. So I feel bad, but <laughs> but but um, I don't think we cover. Because I feel like those games are always close for whatever reason. The division rivalry is so stupid. But yes, the Bucks should win that game as well. Uh, Falcons, Bengals. You've got Cincinnati is favored by six and a half. I'm not giving you anything else. <laughs> Gotta go with the Bengals. I, I believe that. Um, I think I know a few players on the team. I'm sure please you do. Me, please tell me T. Higgins is on the team. T. Higgins is a wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> 
Everybody, give me a round of applause. Round of applause, <laughs> Roger. I have to go with the Bengals. I don't think they cover though. Because of T. Higgins, you think they they win because of T. Higgins? <laughs> Just because of T. Higgins. Actually, fun fact: um, he actually played against Udawa, um, I think a year or two before I, I um, went to the high school, and we actually beat them in the playoffs. Really, I did and not know that. Took him out the game. Like he actually considered um, quitting football after playing us. Like we are linebackers absolutely destroyed him but, oh my um, gosh i had you know, no that's a, idea that's a fun fact so i'm semi-famous i i'm you know i i <laughs> i just <laughs> i'm very i'm not even gonna say closely related to the name but you know i i'm somehow related to t higgins somehow I, right I don't know. so you know i'm his, <laughs> I mean, i'll just say i'm his cousin no, i'm just kidding right well okay so i'm also going to take the bangles here um Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they they had Jamar a bit Chase. of a they had a they had a yeah, they had a nice connection last week. Um the Falcons are better than people think, so I think it'll be close. I don't think the Bengals cover, but um Bengals take that one. Lions Cowboys, the Cowboys after losing to Philadelphia last night as of this recording, uh are favored by 7 over the struggling Lions. Who do you have? Got to go with the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeehaw, Cowboys. <laughs> I'm also going to go with the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott is going to re- be returning from injuries, so I think they'll have a problem with the Lions. They always seem to make it close for whatever reason, but the Dallas defense is way too good to be giving up that many points to the Lions, so I think the Cowboys probably win. I don't think they cover, though. I think seven points is too much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they cover? Sorry, I don't know if I if I asked you that. I actually believe that they cover. Okay, seven points. I mean, that's a pretty generous. That's a pretty generous uh, spread. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that comes to fruition. Now we've got another division rivalry between the Colts and the Titans. The Titans are favored by three and a half at home, or three points at home. Actually, three straight up. Who do you think wins? Mm. You know, I have to go with the Tennessee Titans because number one, they're from Tennessee. Number two is because um, it reminds me of the movie. Remember the Titans, the Titans. So, you know, just because that's my favorite movie, I'm going with, you know, this is a a great strategy for picking teams, you know? Yeah. yeah, So, you know, once again, remember the Titans is a absolute legend of the movie. Great. It's a great movie. Great. It's a great movie. So, you know, Tennessee Titans. You're doing like the girlfriend pick strategy, <laughs> which is just like, oh, they sound really cool. They oh, sound really cool. I, I love horses. So I'm going with the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you say Titans. You say they cover. What what is the spread? It's just three points. Titans. Yes, they cover. Okay, so I uh, do you even know who the Colts have a quarterback this year? Uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> uh, much to the chagrin of all Colts fans out there, Peyton Manning is retired and has been I'm, for some time. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's really funny, though. Um, so Matt Ryan is the quarterback for the Colts right now. So... I'm gonna have to go with the Titans. I think Derrick Henry gets it done, especially it being in Nashville. I think they win and cover slightly. I think they win by like four or five. Um, Packers, Commanders, Packers 
visiting Washington and FedEx Field. Uh, Green Bay is favored by five after losing to the Giants uh, last week, and then the or two weeks ago, and then the week before that, or the week after that, yesterday they lost to the Jets. So, <laughs> who do you have winning this game? So you said Packers and Packers, Washington, Washington Commanders. Yes. Oh my goodness. Still got Aaron Rodgers. So. Okay, still got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I have to go. I have to go with the Packers. Yay, okay, nice pick. Good pick. Good pick. All right. So I think even though the Packers have no offense because Devontae Adams is gone, I think the Packers uh, are still better than the Commanders, even though they've looked pretty dreadful the last last couple of weeks. I think the Commanders look so bad with Carson Wentz. I think there's no way that the pack oh there is a way for sure i mean the nfl anybody wins but mm-hmm. packers i think win this one they get a, a a much needed win uh and i think they cover probably five points is pretty pretty easy um giants jaguars jaguars are three point favorites at home who do you have <laughs> you know i've always wanted a jaguar as a car so, you know, I have to go to, to Jaguars. Dude. I, you know, I, I, that's a, a great name for a car. And it's very luxurious. So I believe it's a good that, brand. It's a great brand. So I believe that. Great brand. <laughs> so I believe that the Jaguars will have a luxurious win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what I didn't tell you is that the Giants are five and one. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, I think they keep rolling with Saquon. I think they cover probably as well. Um, yeah. All right, another division rivalry, AFC North, Browns-Ravens. The Ravens at home are favored by six and a half. Now, I do know about this. Um, okay. I believe that the Ravens won't be able to finish. They have not finished out games for so many weeks. Um, I don't know. They're, they're struggling. They, they just, they're struggling to finish out. So, I mean, Lamar Jackson still have done a, a great job from what I've heard and seen. Right. But I don't believe that they will win this game. Okay. They, they, they have to figure something out. They have to figure something out. So you think they lose? And I guess they won't cover either if they're losing. So Yes. Wow. A, a, a guess from Hunter with, with some, <laughs> some inside knowledge there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think the Browns aren't as good, obviously, without... I think Jacoby Brissett is one of the best backups in the league, but that's what he is. He's a backup. So I think the Browns probably lose, even with Nick Chubb. I think Lamar f- somehow finds a way to get it done. I don't think they cover, though. I think they win by three or less, probably. So okay. Ravens to win, Browns to... I guess Browns would cover, then, if they're if they're um, going to lose by less than six and a half. Uh, Jets-Broncos. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. I don't know if you know about that meme. Of course you should with Russell Wilson. How he just always yeah. says, Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> like, let's ride. And he's, you know, he, he's receiving a lot of backlash. Oh, yeah. They're riding. They're riding to a to a, a losing record. That's what, they, <laughs> what they're riding to. So well, Jets, Broncos, <laughs> you have winning. You know, we got to stay with the meme. Let's ride. Give it to the Broncos. Okay, Broncos. You think they cover? They're three-point favorites at home. Yes, they'll cover. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. So they play tonight. 
They play the Chargers tonight. I think they get killed by the Chargers. But also, I think the Jets are rolling after Zach Wilson has returned from injury. Brees Hall, the rookie, is running all over the competition. I, mm-hmm. I think the Broncos can't get into the end zone at all. So I think the Jets win this one and continue their winning streak. And Broncos country, let's ride, of course. But... <laughs> I think I think the Jets sneak out this one and they cover to beat the Broncos. Um, and we got the Texans and the Raiders. The Raiders are seven point favorites at home against the Texans. Mm. Yeah, I know. Tough one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to the Raiders. You, you want to just flip a coin? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I flip a coin. Let me see. Heads or tails? Tails. All right. Tails Heads. never fails. Tails never okay. fails, so I'll okay. go with the Raiders. Okay, Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders. Uh, I think the Raiders win. I don't think they cover. Seven is ridiculous, especially for a team that's only won one game this season. Um, I think the Raiders will get better as the season goes on, but they're not very good right now. But they're still better than the Texans. So Raiders to win, not to cover. Seahawks, Chargers. We're getting close to the end here, I promise. We're down to four. Nice. Okay. We're down to four. The four o'clock games. Uh, Seahawks, Chargers. Chargers are favored by seven in the Dome in SoFi mm-hmm. Stadium. Well, I don't know if you can see my video, Riley, but I think my phone oh, is yeah. on 3% and I need a charger. So I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> going with the Chargers and they will cover. Great pick. Great pick. Oh, you think they cover? Okay. Okay. I like that pick. <laughs> I need a charger, so I'm going with the chargers. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go. This is actually a really good game. Geno Smith has been playing so well um, for someone who they thought was just going to be a backup transitional quarterback. Um, Kenneth Walker Jr. Has played his first game yesterday as a Seahawk in the NFL, and he ran over everybody. I think he had like 100 yards and a touchdown. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win this game. Um, I think it'll be really close, and I think the Chargers are so injured on offense and defense that Justin Herbert is not going to be able to carry them to a win in this one. I think the Seahawks win. Interesting. Chiefs 49ers, a, a rematch for Super Bowl, what was it, 54? I don't know. It was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> Chiefs are favored by three in San Francisco. So who do you have winning this matchup? You know, we have to go with Patrick Mahomes and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, his, wife. Wife. and, and wife. his wife. And his wife. His wife, they're, they're playing. They're playing against his wife. As, I said wife, wife as well. Go so. against his wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with the with the Chiefs. Okay, so after their crushing defeat to the Bills yesterday, which I just loved seeing, uh, the Chiefs are going to come out of this one firing on all cylinders, and they're going to kill the 49ers, In my opinion, I think they're going to win by fourteen plus. In my opinion, so mm. Chiefs, Chiefs, and the wife to to win this. Wife. Chiefs and the wife to win this one, <laughs> and then the final game. Oh, this is the Sunday night game. Wow, this is a toilet bowl if I've ever seen it. Steelers after their victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the struggling, floundering Dolphins. No pun intended. 
floundering dolphins. <laughs> um, the dolphins, I'll give you some context. And you probably know this. Tua is out, even though he was cleared, I think. He might be in this game. So he might be in this game, which maybe makes it less uh, of a toilet bowl. But who do you have winning this game? Well, before I choose that, um, I believe that they, they need to allow Tua to rest. Like, he once again, he had back to back concussions. Um, and the, of course, the second one was it was crazy. It was terrible. Even though a lot of people were making fun of him, like making memes and he's throwing up gang signs and stuff. I'm like, come on, man, that is messed up. Yeah. But um, anyways, I, once again, I believe that they need to let him sit out like he he has to heal. Like at this point, like it's, it's I think it's um, damaging to his health. Like it, he, he just has to rest. But with that aside, um, oh, I believe that the Dolphins will pull through. Okay, Dolphins. Do you think they cover? They're favored by seven. I forgot to mention that. I don't think they will cover. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I agree with you with all the Tua stuff. I think, you know, that can cause neurological damage. Now, I'm not an expert or anything, but uh, yeah, it didn't look good. And I saw it live and it was really, really scary. So even though he was cleared, I'm glad he wasn't played last week. And I don't think he should be played for at least two or three more weeks. Two or three, yes. Right, in the future. So I think, I don't know who their QB is going to be because Teddy Bridgewater is also hurt and Skylar Thompson is also hurt. Their, uh, their third string. I think he got hurt yesterday. So I don't even know who played for them. I didn't even watch <clears throat> the rest of the Dolphins yesterday. But... I do think they probably still beat the terrible, terrible uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett got hurt yesterday against the Bucks, so Mitchell Trubisky will probably be playing, and he's not good. So <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Dolphins to not cover. <laughs> oh, we actually agree. Yes. yes, 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 exactly. And then the Monday night game, God. This is a really bad week of football. Uh, Bears Patriots. Uh, the New England Patriots are favored by seven and a half at home in five. Oh my goodness! So you have winning this garbage game. Yeah, this is a toilet bowl game. I have to go with the Patriots. Okay. Do they cover? Uh, no. Okay, wow. That is a that is a hot, hot take from Hunter there because the Bears are 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 trash. The Bears are trash. So um yeah, they're absolute shit this year. So, oh, sorry. I'll oh, it out. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um yeah, you got to have one or two beeps uh every episode to make it uh to make it authentic. Um I Right. I, I'm going to go with the Patriots also. I don't think they cut. Co- well, no, I do think they cover. I think regardless of whoever's playing a quarterback, whether Mac Jones is back or Brian Hoyer is playing or Bailey Zappi is playing, I think the Patriots still have a better running game despite the Bears having a pretty good defense. Um, I think Justin Fields gets no help on the offensive line. He only has one good receiver in Darnell Mooney, and I think the Bears probably get stomped in this one in Foxborough. So that is all the games that we have for NFL and college. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that segment. Um, <laughs> so I guess I probably should have uh, wrote down who you picked and who you covered because we could have revisited it next week and been like, 
you were eight and two this week and i was six and four or whatever but um yes yeah are we, are we going to count the spreads as well i mean i guess yeah i guess you get it wrong if they don't cover uh, <laughs> i'm going to go oh and ten or something no 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 you made some good picks even though i feel like uh you didn't know much. I, I, I liked how you were picking. <laughs> well, you know, you have to go with intuition sometimes. You know, it, right. it just it just what makes the most sense. So, right. you know, I, once again, I, I needed to charge my phones on 3%. What's the likelihood of my phone being on 3%? So, boom, chargers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, personal favorites, the Charger <laughs> one, the Jaguar pick, and the Patrick Mahomes and his wife. And his wife. <laughs> yes. You can't forget the wife. Uh, but that... <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of uh, college football recap and predictions. And to the millions of people watching, uh, usually he like does the, he goes, and to the millions, and then the crowd goes, <laughs> and millions. So you got to <laughs> hope that everybody at home is doing the rock thing where you say, and to the millions. There you go. And then you give them the chance to respond to that one. But thank you to everybody who is listening this week to this podcast. Um, Honor, you have anything to say before we wrap this one up? Mm. Go Vols. Go Vols. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening again. And uh, we'll be back next week with another weekly recap and prediction. So thank you for watching and listening. We'll come up with a name for this episode uh, to this podcast, I promise. Post in the comments some names for the for the episode. Or for the podcast in general, sorry. Yes, for the podcast in general. And if you cannot find a name, you know we can vote. I believe it should be called Mahomes and His Wife. Mahomes and His Wife, yes. <laughs> Mahomes and Wife. Mahomes plus Wife. Plus Wife <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) thank you everybody for listening. We'll see y'all next week.